Hi Jelly Beans! Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Creed's Corner. I'm your host, Creed. Today we will be continuing with the Of Kings and Queens series. This will be part five. Um, last episode we were talking about being gentle and learning how to take care of yourself, to be kind, to be sweet and soft with yourself when you're not feeling up to speed when you're not feeling as bouncy and as peppy as usual and from the responses i got it seems that i struck a nerve with quite a lot of people because they aren't exactly what you would call gentle and that's totally fine we all have to start from somewhere i mean yeah so thank you so much for the responses i got you guys are amazing i love you guys so much yeah, I, I know I say that a lot and it might seem like I'm just saying it, but I'm not. I genuinely mean it. You guys are really cool. I do love you. <laughs> so in this past week, the um, September ended, which also marked the end of Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Though suicide prevention does not stop since the month has ended but that was the month that was raising specific awareness to that and i'm so grateful for all the feedback i got for all the people who talked to me who who sent the stories and all people who reached out thank you so much another special thanks is to people who have been victims of situations that involved suicide whether they themselves were suicide attemptees, I think that's the word, or they experienced pain of losing someone to suicide or have had to be there for someone, not really had to, have chosen to be there for someone who was going through an episode which led them to consider suicide. Thank you for being strong. Thank you for fighting. Thank you for staying. Your fight was not in vain. You did great, you did good, and you're going to live a long life to see the great person you're going to grow to become. And in, in, uh, in the spirit of ending the suicide awareness, suicide prevention awareness month, I'd like to share a, a story of a friend of mine. And um, this is quite a, a deep story and like deep on my side. And it's not something that I was able to talk about for quite a while, for a couple of years, actually, nearly a decade before I finally accepted that reality. And it was really hard for me. When I was younger, I won't say when because of certain legal reasons, um, I had a friend. Um, Let's call him Smith, Um, since I don't know any actual Smiths. So sorry to any Smith who will listen to this. It's not you. It definitely isn't you. Yeah, so this Smith friend of mine and I work really close. We just started off as, you know, basically talking. He was older, so I felt really cool. I was always the awkward kid. Never really had many friends. Never really had uh, a crowd to associate with. And seeing this older guy taking interest in me, it was really cool, really enticing and exciting. And I really didn't want that to end. I just wanted to continue being friends with this guy, talking with this guy for as long as possible. And the more that happened, 
the closer we got. Now, when I've been rejected by my peers and I'm receiving the attention that I crave so much from this particular individual, that would draw me closer to him, you know? And in some t- sometimes it would be in an unhealthy way, in the sense that I wouldn't see ways that he was manipulating me, you know? And eventually, after a couple of months... Uh, we got pretty close and it was basically like we were dating. And I'd, we'd meet and there are times he'd be intoxicated or, you know, the likes. And he'd lash out at me. Now, my friend Smith was a refugee. He'd lost his entire family. His mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters, all of them dead in a raid. He was the only survivor and he barely escaped with his life. So there's that PTSD already. He came to Kenya with, you know, bullet wounds that were still healing from the attack. And his immediate family, you know, his mom's sisters and brothers, his dad's sisters and brothers, they didn't take him in. They refused to take him in, which ended up leaving him alone, which is a whole different kind of rejection and depression altogether. You've watched your family die. You've watched your sister die. You've watched your brother die. And the immediate family that should be taking you in isn't taking you in. And then he sees me. This also rejected little girl who is giving him the attention, the love, the compassion that he desires. So it was a kind of give and take from both of us. Though in retrospect, I feel like it was him doing the taking more. And so back to where we were. He'd um, get angry and lash out. Sometimes I feel like he'd go into these dazes. Where, where he would just, you know, buzz off and go into this trance-like state where he'd be, it's like he'd be reliving the moments that he was hurt, that he watched them die, you know? He told me the stories in all the gruesome detail. And my little child mind accepted that and tried to love him out of it and I think that was a mistake on my part you know and times he'd throw things at me and you know and he'd be like oh my gosh that's abusive yeah it was but what was the little me thinking it's just hurting and after that he'd come and cry and be like I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that I I didn't mean to do that. I never meant to hit you. It just, I don't know what's happening. Please don't leave me. Please. You're the only good thing that I still have in this world. Everyone else has left me. No one else wants me. Please don't leave me. I couldn't leave him after that. I just couldn't. And I fell in love. Oh, so dramatic. So pepper. Yeah, I fell for him and I fell in love with this broken man, this broken boy, whatever. 
and I just didn't want to see him hurting. So as long as he was hurting, I felt this inexplicable need to be there for him. And one time, he he said he needed me. He called and told me that he needed me. But I was in a position where I couldn't be there for him. And he told me before, severally, that without me, he has no reason to live. And if I'm not, be, if I'm not there for him, what's the use of him existing? <laughs> I don't know if you really see what kind of manipulation that is. Where someone places the bane of their existence on you. In some ways, for those who are capable, it's okay. Once you know you're adults, you have a mutual agreement, stuff like that. You know, you're working through things. But I was young. I was young. This was my first ever serious sort of relationship. And I didn't, I couldn't tell that he was manipulating me. I couldn't tell that he had me on a collar and leash and was dragging me with him wherever he went. I couldn't tell. I didn't know. You know, and with, with, with time, I've come to accept and realize what was happening and how it happened and that it wasn't really my fault. I was just looking for love, you know, and when he called and I wasn't able to be there for him, he told me that if you don't come right now. I'm going to go through with it. And it's all going to be your fault. Maybe some part of me just chose not to process that statement. Maybe some part of me was just in shock. Maybe my brain was just ignoring it to protect the little me that I was. But the following morning... Police were outside his apartment and I saw them take out a body bag. And shortly after, I found out that he'd killed himself. And that was the moment that it actually hit. You weren't there for him, Crib. He needed you, and you were not there. And that's why he's dead now. Do you see the wrong you have done, Crit? Do you see? And I carried that guilt with me for years. For so, so many years. And no one knew about this relationship. You know, so I can go say, Mom, Mom, you know, you remember Smith? Imagine he's dead and it's all my fault. I can't do that because I'm not supposed to be seeing him in the first place. Everyone thought he was this rebel, renegade, whatever, that I shouldn't be with. And for a good reason, too. Four years later, the guy was doing mad drugs and all that. And it was just all to escape from the pain, from the sadness he'd been through. And I didn't know that. I didn't. And 
then he is gone. And for years, I blamed myself. I couldn't... Oh, it was just so bad. It was just terrible. But after a while, kind of worked things out. Not by myself. <laughs> I had some help. And that wasn't my fault. I couldn't fix him. I was a little girl. I couldn't even say the words, I love you. Yeah, I was that naive. I was that timid. <sighs> and I was trying to fix a man so broken by life. I couldn't do it. And wrapping up Suicide Awareness Month. To anyone out there who's lost someone. And for some reason or the other, they're blaming themselves. It's not your fault. Maybe you being there might have changed the outcome. Might. But there's no way you can be sure. If the person went ahead and did it, they were going to do it anyway. You being there maybe would have stopped it at that time, but just pushed it to a later date. And that they'd have gone through with it then. When you, they were sure you wouldn't be there to come stop them. It's not your fault. It's not your fault, sweetheart. It's not some brokenness. It just isn't yours to fix from some, in, within someone else. It's for them to accept that, hey, I'm not okay. And I'm hurting this person that I love. This person that I care about. And this person who's always there for me. I need to go get help. I need to get help. And once someone realizes how much they're hurting the people they love. They'll want to get better. Because they love this person so much. <laughs> they love these people so much that. They don't want them to hurt anymore. And once they go and get help, you start seeing this, this change. It's little. It's subtle. It's slow. But it's there. And that is what matters. If they couldn't get out of bed in the morning... Because they had no drop, no single whisper of will to live. Now they're getting up. You know, they've been making the effort of getting up to read. Getting up and even making their bed. That's progress. That's progress. They're smiling. They're taking photos. They're choosing to go out and sit in the sun instead of staying indoors and brooding all day. That is progress. And should you see that in someone who you know was struggling? This being an introvert and this being depressed. 
someone depressed is not the equivalent of being an introvert. And once you can tell that this previously bubbly and sunny and happy, sparkly person who became dull and slow and, you know, just down, starting to kind of become happy again, cheer them on. Cheer them on. Depression is a dark place to be. It's a terribly, terribly dark place to be. You do not want to be there. You don't. No one's depression is like another's. Just because you went through it and your friend's going through it doesn't mean it's the same thing. carries the same name. But it'll manifest itself differently. You Maybe you lost your appetite. And maybe your friend is not going to be able to sleep. It's still depression. Maybe they're still smiling out there. But when you ask them later, what you up to? What you doing? You say nothing. Just chilling. When they'd have told you, oh, I'm watching a movie. Or I'm drawing. I'm listening to music and dancing. Just learn the people you love. Learn the people you care about. Notice those little changes. You see that flash of sadness in their eyes. It doesn't last. It's gone as soon as it shows up. But it was there. And if you had looked away, you'd have missed it. You'd have missed the pure, agonizing sadness in their eyes. But even if you didn't notice, don't beat yourself up for it. If you notice, reach out. Don't force them to talk. Like, hey. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm noticing kind of a bit of a change. You seem a bit low. So if there's anything, anything I can do to help. If there's something you'd like to do together, I'm free. If you want to just chill, I got you. I have a really cool playlist. We could just chill. Or I know this spot. We can go and watch the sunset from there. Or I discovered this new place. They have really nice coffee. Want to come? If they say no, it's okay. But don't let them go. Don't. Depression is difficult. Not just for you who is trying to reach out to someone who isn't okay, but even for the one who isn't okay. Because more often than not, they don't understand why, why they're feeling like that. It's usually terrible for those people who have depression that's not from trauma. You know the way a diabetic could just suddenly stop producing, like a regular body can just stop producing insulin? And suddenly you're diabetic. That's kind of how some depression works. 
your brain just stops producing serotonin, stops producing dopamine, and you're sad suddenly. You have no reason to be. It's a beautiful day outside. Everything's just going great. Then suddenly you're sad. You have no idea how frustrating, how painful it is that I was happy and now I'm not. And I don't know why and I don't know what to tell you because I don't know what's wrong. So I don't know how you can help me. And I don't want to put you in a position that is frustrating because it's frustrating enough for me. So you being in a bad place makes it even harder for me, you know? So even if Suicide Prevention Awareness Month has come to an end, don't forget the people who are still really struggling out there. So for those friends, those people who you see being strong all the time, being there for everyone all the time, check in on them. They might not always open up immediately. But the fact that they know that there's someone who they can talk to. And don't just start, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay? How's life? Yeah, it's good? Cool. That's not checking up on someone. If they don't feel like talking, talk about yourself. Because in the list, that will distract them. Okay. Oh, wow, that was, that was quite a talk. <laughs> well, um, it's now October, and October brings new, new, new things. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so, um, if you have any tips, any, you know, any information that you'd like to share, kindly do. Because I like learning new things. And one of the new things I learned when I was in school, literally, this was in a newspaper article when I was in school, men can get breast cancer. So just in case you didn't know, men can get breast cancer. It was on the paper about a man who died from breast cancer So because they didn't think men can get breast cancer. So they didn't bother checking for breast cancer. Then he died. Then they found it in the post-mortem. So yeah, um, I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please remember to share. Please subscribe on Google Podcasts. Um, give me feedback because it really brightens my day when you guys talk to me about my podcast. And um, my DMs are always open. Always, always respond. I always talk to you guys whenever you need me. I'm oddly always awake at all weird times, but I'm just always asleep. I don't know how it works, but it works. But I'm, I'll be there for you in whatever way I can be. So remember, you matter. You're gorgeous. You sparkle. Rainbows are cool, and so are you. <laughs> Bye.